It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Now, the good news is, is that almost all the big tech platforms now acknowledge some responsibility for content on their platforms, and they're investing in large teams of people to monitor. Given the sheer volume of content, this strategy can feel like a game of whack-a-mole. Still, talking to people at these companies, I believe they are sincere in trying to limit content that engages in hate speech, encourages violence, or poses a threat to public safety. They genuinely are concerned about it. They want to do something about it. But while content moderation can limit the distribution of clearly dangerous content, it doesn't go far enough. All right. Now uh, he's finally finished. Uh, listen, you should be concerned. Uh, President Obama has suddenly gotten concerned about this disinformation, disinformation right before the 22 elections and the polls showing that Democrats are in big trouble. Uh, one of the things we're learning about this disinformation governance board that the uh, the Biden administration has just established through the Department of Homeland Security is that uh, one of their concerns that they've mentioned and repeated enough that we know this is where they're headed is they're concerned about disinformation in minority communities. That's just terrible. Minority communities, maybe, maybe because the polls are showing that Hispanic and black voters are not down with President Joe Biden's policies. They're not down with paying $5 for diesel and for almost $5 for a regular. They're not down with that. They're not down with the higher prices. They're not down with what they've seen, you know, overseas. Um, they're not down with this stuff, and so their polling it shows that they're not, you know, not necessarily supporting Republicans, but they're not going to, you know, support Democrats. So we have to stop this disinformation. We have to stop this, and so uh, it's just an amazing thing, honestly. Um, Mayorkas was the head of Department of Homeland Security was on with Dana Bash this weekend, and he had some assurances for us. I'll let you listen to this. This is clip two. Will American citizens be monitored? No. Guarantee what, that. Well, so what we do, we, we in the Department of Homeland Security don't monitor uh, American citizens. You don't, but will we, this board change that? No, no, no. The board does not have any operational authority or capability. What it will do is gather together best practices in addressing the threat of disinformation from foreign state adversaries, from the cartels, and disseminate those best practices to the operators that have been executing in addressing this threat for years. Yeah, so nothing to worry. The Department of Homeland Security is not going to surveil Americans. No way. And uh, the Nina Jankowitz, who they put in uh, 
control of this disinformation governance board. This is another incredible story. Dana Bash has a question about her. This is clip three. Let's listen. Republicans are criticizing your decision, the administration's decision to choose Nina Jankowicz to lead this disinformation board. They say she is not somebody who is neutral. Your response? Eminently qualified, a renowned expert in the field of disinformation. Absolutely so. Eminently qualified. Eminently qualified. She's so qualified that we actually dug up one of her. This is really uh, amazing. This shows you. You should rest easy after you've heard this. This is Nina Jankowicz. uh, Well, she's singing about disinformation. Here it is, clip eight. Information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared bad intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo, and we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. Oh, uh, you know, I tell you that that's a joke or a parody, but it's not. That's the new head of the uh, disinformation governance board set up by the Department. Of Homeland Security. Let's see. Uh, we know a little bit about her. She worked for the Wilson Center. She is, um, we have a lot of her tweets. She was the person pushing the Russian collusion story. She, she was the person who insisted that the New York Post was pushing Russian disinformation by talking about Hunter Biden's laptop, which now we know that even the New York Times and the Washington Post have all admitted, yes, indeed, it was Hunter Biden's laptop. But Nina Jankowitz, who's going to be the head of our disinformation governance board, said it was not. It was Russian disinformation. She has a pedigree as long as, well, uh, along as long as I can imagine. So she's a real intent on gender and you know proper pronouns and all of that. So there are a few people a little bit upset about this. Um, as a matter of fact, Devin Nunes uh, was on with Maria Bartiromo over the weekend, and he kind of laid out his concerns. This is clip nine. This is something that the big tech tyrants, and now we actually know the government with their new disinformation service, never wanted to happen. Our goal, and President Trump's goal, was to give the American people their voice back. And that's what we've done. And there's no big tech tyrant that can take us down. And so that's why I think it's so Orwellian, so dystopian, uh, something that you only see in dictatorships that now they're going to set up some type of disinformation board. I mean, I think that's a direct attack on what we are doing at True Social uh, because we can no longer be canceled. So now what do they have left to do? We're going to protect our users from this new phony government disinformation service. And the fact that they would use some derated TikTok star that is the queen of disinformation herself on the Russia hoax and the laptop to head this up is really the height of hypocrisy that's so, that's so unbelievable. I, I, who've, I've spent so much time in Washington, I don't think I've ever seen something so ridiculous. But the good thing is, is we are going to protect our users on our platform. They're not going to be canceled and they're not going to be censored for political speech. So, uh, you know, I know they may want to do it and they're going to use the Department of Homeland Security to do it, but, but we're not going to tolerate it. Yeah, so uh, the latest thing I read is that uh, Google, uh, the Google Play Store and Twitter, uh, Twitter, (laughs) what, Apple, the Apple Store are thinking about refusing 
to host or whatever the term is, the Twitter app that Elon Musk might put there because, you know, they could stop people from using Twitter if Elon Musk and this deal goes through. I mean, it's an all-out assault, you know. It's because of the 2022 election. They're running out of options. So, I mean, to put someone like Nina Jankowicz, you'd have to hear this again. I am not, this is it. Clip eight, you have to listen. This is seriously the new head of the Disinformation Governance Board for the Department of Homeland Security. Listen to this. Information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little hide a little lie when Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine. All right, that's not. Yes, it's how you hide a little lie, a little lie. That's uh, Nina Jankowitz, the new head of the Disinformation Governance Board. And one other point that must be made. Actually, we would we'll put this on our our getter uh, um, feed. It's from the Washington Examiner. It's written by John Schindler, who is a former um, National Security Agency senior intelligence analyst. He's written a really good piece about this, a serious piece about it. Um, and he points out that we already have uh, a way of, uh, of uh, attacking disinformation. There's a global engagement center, which is the part of the Department of State, and its mission is to recognize, understand, expose, and counter foreign state and non-state propaganda and disinformation efforts aimed at undermining or influencing the politics, security, or stability of the United States, its allies, and partner nations. And then he goes on to point out, here's the deal. This is domestic. This is uh, an attack on information freely shared by Americans uh, through their free speech rights. This is what they're after. It is really stunning. It really is. Uh, Tom Cotton, Senator Tom Cotton, and other members uh, are talking now about uh, rushing and immediately introducing a bill to defund this whole project. And so I don't know what, you know, who knows what's going to happen with that. But that's the the short-term plan. They're pulling out all the stops to make sure that certainly minority communities don't hear uh, information about what's happening with the, the Biden administration. And you know that has an effect. They want to shut out all free speech uh, because they – because – they're desperate to take back power, to keep their power. They, are, they already have the power. Uh, tomorrow is um, a primary for the state of Indiana and also one for the state of Ohio. And uh, tomorrow we, are, uh, we have confirmed uh, Josh Mandel and we are inviting J.D. Vance to join us on the air so that you in Ohio can hear both of them speak tomorrow. I want to read this was in a uh, Cleveland outlet written by... Uh, Scott uh, she- uh, Jeffrey Scott Shapiro, who was with the Trump administration, uh, he was a senior advisor, and he has written something really interesting. He said, "I I soldiered on with loyalty and determination in the Trump administration on January 2020, 20th, 2021, nearly five hours after Joe Biden was sworn in. I resigned with a heavy heart, but looked forward to the moment we are approaching now in the midterm elections." After two years of enduring what I believe has been a very destructive administration to our nation and its core values, the Republican Party has the chance to take back Congress. But in addition to winning back the House and Senate, Republicans are facing another even more important battle that will identify what we stand for and the impact we have on our nation for years to come. And then he goes to Ohio because that's his state. Um, The Republican Party is currently facing a crossroads unlike any other in my lifetime. This crossroads should not be defined by whether candidates are Trump Republicans or not. 
It is whether someone's values are consistent with the Constitution of the United States and whether they mirror the moral conscience and compassion of what America always stood for. And he's talking specifically about the fact that President Trump endorsed J.D. Vance, who was behind in the polls and now is ahead in the polls. Um, Josh Mandel has been the favorite conservative, you know, endorsed by all the family groups in Ohio and conservative groups, gun groups. And so it's just an odd thing. Uh, And so... He writes this, please. He's concerned about J.D. Vance. Others are, too. I heard a long uh, piece by uh, gun owners of Ohio talking about who supports J.D. Vance. And again, it's Peter Thiel and other interests that um, Peter Thiel, the significance of Peter Thiel is that he is a he's a a conservative out gay uh, billionaire, tech billionaire. Uh, who doesn't care anything about the social issues. He's very clear about that. And then there are others who feel the same way. And so it's like, why? when I tell you, who to, when I suggest to you who you should support, I always tell you to, talk, to look to who's supporting them. J.D. Vance has some very troubling people behind him. He's saying some good things, but he's saying some very troubling, th- he has some very troubling supporters. So why are they so keen on supporting him? Uh, if he is who he says he is, I don't really know. I, and Tucker Carlson's a friend of mine. I, I and I really like T- Tucker, and he's all over, uh, all about J.D. Vance. But on the issue of Ukraine, of course, Tucker is um, uh, against us worrying about that. Uh, and J.D. Vance has expressed that too, and that is a v- big concern for a lot of people. Um, and so, uh, this columnist Shapiro, Jeffrey Scott Shapiro, says, although I respect many decisions Mr. Trump has made as president. I do not believe his endorsement was properly guided in this circumstance. Some of my fellow conservatives seem conflicted about voting or speaking out against any candidate endorsed by a former president. But America was never supposed to be about following what one man thinks. It is about thinking for yourself and voting with your conscience to protect the freedom of all Americans. When Ohio Republicans make their choice next week at the polls, that's tomorrow. I hope for the sake of our party and our country, they remember that. All right, that's a little piece of... We should put this on our our getter page also. It's from the Cleveland.com. Ohio Senate race, a critical turning point for Republicans and America by Jeffrey Scott Shapiro. All right, so um, when we return, there's a really interesting thing uh, uh, developing in Arkansas. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is the uh, preeminent Republican candidate, but there's another Republican candidate who's challenging her uh, for good reason. And we're going to talk to him when we return. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. The American Family Association presents the Marriage Family Life Conference 2022, along with a youth apologetics track. 
the Marriage Family Life Conference does not exclude children on purpose. It's, it's built, built in. in. We want families to come. And the thing is, if you look at what the people who hate God are doing, they are going After. through great lengths to indoctrinate our children. Yes, And so this right. is a, a chance to be on offense. They're going to be equipped, you know, at the same time you're being equipped. We care about what's happening with our children. Please join us for this year's conference, July 7th through the 9th, at the Bancourt South Arena in Tupelo, Mississippi. Register now at marriagefamilylife.net. Better hurry, though. Registration ends on May 15th. We're just looking for ways to help equip families for what's going on. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. The CDC is turning into a government spy agency. The Epoch Times reports the CDC is expanding surveillance at four major airports, including JFK, San Francisco, Atlanta, and Newark, New Jersey, all part of their effort to crack down on the China virus. The CDC is working with airlines to acquire personal information on passengers should the need for contact tracing arise. It's all rather dubious. On Tuesday, some 80 House Republicans joined Democrats to create a national vaccine database. It's called the Immunization Infrastructure Modernization Act. And if signed into law, it would allow public and private health care providers the right to share your personal health information. I've listed the names and email addresses of every Republican who voted for this nonsense on my website. Now, whether or not you have a broken arm or the sniffles, it is absolutely no business of the CDC or President Biden. I'm Todd Starnes. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios back with you. Well, we are doing our best to cover uh, these primaries. And again, I tell you, you know, there's no way I can cover all 50 states and all the candidates and all the races. Uh, There's no way I can remember every primary and every candidate. So, you have to really be diligent. Uh, tomorrow is Indiana and Ohio. Uh, but another race that was brought to my attention just last week by a listener is the one coming up in Arkansas uh, for governor. Very interesting. And um, this, is a, uh, this was sent to me by a listener, Pastor Mark Sylvie. And he said, Arkansas has a crucial race for governor going on in the Republican primary, May 24th. Doc Washburn, a true conservative, has gotten into the race against Sarah Sanders because she started endorsing rhino candidates and said Asa Hutchinson had done a great job as governor of Arkansas. Hutchinson did very poorly through COVID and has done the bidding of Walmart to promote the transgender agenda in Arkansas. Sarah's raking in money from Walmart and out-of-state donors and is showing herself to be an establishment candidate. A grassroots conservative movement is rising up and getting behind Washburn, of course. So I thought, well, then uh, he asked me if I would interview Doc Washburn, and I said, absolutely. So we've asked him to join us this morning. And indeed, uh, Doc Washburn is with us from Arkansas this morning. Good morning, Doc. 
Hey, good morning, Sandy. Thank you so much for having me on the program this morning. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. And you know what's funny, Doc? I um, I saw a clip of you, and I thought when I heard you interview, I thought, boy, he's got such a great voice. Because <laughs> I had no idea that you were a radio host for Cumulus Media. I didn't know your story. Anyway, so uh, you were with- <laughs> you got a you got a great face for radio for not for radio you got a great face anyway you could do television too but I it's K A R N F M Cumulus Media and of course Cumulus was famous for uh, dismissing and putting out this edict about the vaccine mandates which really stung yep. you Doc tell us what happened to you uh, yeah on August eighth of last year uh, Mary Berner the CEO of Cumulus announced that she was angry with anyone who hadn't gotten vaccinated yet. And employees of Cumulus Media nationwide who hadn't been vaccinated yet had two months to get fully vaccinated. Uh, They, you know, I I put in a religious exemption request Uh, that was shot down. Everybody on Cumulus's board of directors is hardcore liberal, um, which is odd since they make a lot of money off conservative talk radio. And I said, look, uh, for that matter, why not just let me keep doing it from home? I'm not going to infect anybody with a virus I didn't have anyway. And they just ignored that request. So I started doing a podcast um, four days after my last day on the air, uh, DocWashburnShow.com, national podcast, five days a week. And uh, But people had said over the years that I was a KRN, you ought to run for office. And I always said, no, um, not the wrong guy. Sadly, I'm just not cut out for that. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to do anything like that. And I guess sometimes when you use the word never, the Lord thinks it's amusing or... Uh, <laughs> Because here I am. I get that, totally. I, I wish I had time to tell you. There's some parallels with my my story and yours, Doc. It's interesting. But I, I want to ask you, now, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, look, she was the darling of conservatives when, when she served as press secretary for President Trump. She was amazing. I mean, she came into her yeah. own and handled the press incredibly. And so people are inclined uh, to, they, their hearts go out to her. They felt she was badly treated, but she held her own. She got a lot of respect. Why are you challenging her? Well, when you say something like Governor Hutchinson has been doing a good job or a great job or whatever, the same Governor Hutchinson who vetoed a bill to outlaw castrating children, vetoed a bill to outlaw puberty blockers because Walmart told him to. He went on Tucker Carlson, lied about it. Tucker proved he was lying about it. You know, th- this guy, Aza Hutchinson, who just loves mass mandates for three-year-olds, uh, you know, shut down a lot of small businesses in the state in, in 2020 and, and told everybody, uh, you got to wear a mask until you uh, get to the table and make your drink order, and then you take the mask off. I mean, it's just, I don't see how you could be that out of touch. But what really got people's attention and what started the phone ringing for me to run for governor was when she endorsed Senator John Bozeman for re-election and Congressman French Hill for re-election, both of whom ridiculed the idea that the election was stolen, and both of them who blamed Trump for violence on January 6th. Uh, French Hill actually said Donald Trump's rhetoric leading up to January 6th is unforgivable. John Bozeman actually said that Trump is at least partially responsible for what happened on January 6th. Um, you know, people used to call my, my talk show, my radio talk show last year, Every once in a while, and say, look, um, I, I didn't think Mike Huckabee was conservative enough, but I'm really excited about Sarah because she worked for Trump. And I'm like, well, we'll, we'll see how that works out. But th- she will not debate any, me or, you know, 
I'm the only other Republican running. Um, and and there have been so many people on their Facebook page saying, why won't you answer any questions? Why won't you talk about any issues? Um, you know, she'll go to other states and charge five or $6,000 a plate for people here to talk for 10 minutes about working for Trump. And, you know, I got to push back against this idea. For that matter, she even did such a great job in the White House because for months before she left the White House, Donald Trump had ordered her to stop doing daily press briefings. He gets Kaylee McEnany in, and all of a sudden, daily press briefings, and, and Kaylee was knocked out of the park. So I'm not sure what happened with that, but the concern here is in Arkansas that she would stay with the status quo if Walmart, Tyson, the Chamber of Commerce want something or don't want something. The tradition for many years from whoever the governor is in the state, Republican or Democrat, is to just go with it. And I think Arkansans, and especially Republican primary voters, are sick and tired of Walmart and the chamber shoving their liberal ideology down our throat. But that's something well, that uh, that's won't address. Yeah, Doc, I, that's certainly, you're certainly not the first time I've heard this. I, listeners have told me this, and um, it's a... Uh, boy, it happens. You know, it's a stranglehold. The gambling industry's done that in other states. Uh, you yeah. know, big corporate businesses can just overwhelm regular folk and get their way in politics. And, and that's probably why Arkansas is in the shape it's in. I tell you what, I used to, Asa Hutchinson, you know, was on that, uh, you may, this goes back a long way. He was on the committee that impeached President, uh, the impeachment committee for President uh, uh, yeah, Clinton. And I used to interview him. He was so great then. He was so yeah, great then. Sure. It's like he just, uh, they don't, look, it seems to be, the case always, I lived in D.C. for a long time, that politicians just get corrupt when they get in office. They do. They're the exceptions, yeah. there are some exceptions, but not many. And uh, and now I want to well, ask you, before I talk about your race a little bit more, is Senator, who, does yeah. Senator John Bozeman have a good uh, good competitor, and who is it? Yeah, Jan Morgan. Absolutely. Jan Morgan. Uh, she is pro-Second Amendment. She is pro-life. See, one of the things about uh, Senator John Bowes, when you have all these pro-life organizations endorsing him and ignoring the fact that 21 years in a row, he has voted for budgets uh, to continue funding Planned Parenthood. You know, um, it's it's outrageous. And he has also voted for a lot of the radicals uh, that, that Biden has, has put into the federal government. Um, you know, Jan Morgan would be a fantastic senator. And she's the one who, when I told her no, I, I'm not going to run for office told me, look, you don't understand what's going on. We're about to lose this country. Good people like you need to stand up and run for office. You need to talk to your wife and pray about it. Well, when you tell a Christian to talk to his wife and pray about something that he doesn't want to do, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> no? Okay, Jen, all right, I'll talk to my wife and pray about it. So that's yeah. kind of what started the ball rolling uh, for the process. I mean, I knew the Proverbs say that there's wisdom in the abundance of counselors. So I met with 10 or 11 people in a conference room of the church the next evening. Uh, and after two and a half hours, it was unanimous. Everybody's saying, we hope you do this. Wow. That's, that's pretty amazing. And that is why you had to do this doc. Uh, let me, before uh, one last thing, French Hill, uh, is a, I see, I don't even know. I've never even heard French Hill's name. I don't know why that is. I should know this. Uh, he's a congressman, well, sitting congressman. Of them. you know, the yeah. 435 U.S. representatives. Well, that also means he hasn't distinguished himself or I would know. But uh, so, uh, does he have a good? Does he have a good competitor? Oh yes, uh, there he has one competitor, and he's a very good competitor. Colonel Conrad Reynolds uh, is definitely running against French Hill, and you see Conrad Reynolds signs all over 
uh, central Arkansas. You very rarely see French Hill signs on social media. Uh, French hardly gets any traction at all. Conrad Reynolds is, is all over it. And, you know, French Hill is a guy who voted to keep Liz Cheney in House Republican leadership, even after she voted to impeach Trump and said she's an outstanding conservative. He was one of only 35 Republicans in the House to vote for Nancy Pelosi's January 6th commission. But if I can mention uh, one more thing recently here that happened in Arkansas, two and a half weeks ago, the Arkansas State Supreme Court voted that if a school district wants to force mask your children from three years old through the 12th grade, there's nothing you as a parent can do about it. And there was only one dissent. And again, just like when Asa Hutchinson vetoed the bill to protect children from being sterilized, Sarah has not said a word about it. I mean, people have asked her. She tries to stay away from events where people can ask her anything. But people have asked her what she thinks about vaccine mandates. And although she may be against government vaccine mandates, if Walmart or Tyson wants to tell employees, you got to get vaccinated, that's fine with her. Because in her mind, well, that's, you know, that's private industry. That's, uh, you know, capitalism, whatever. Uh, when the Arkansas State Constitution clearly says that citizens of this state have the right to make their own medical decisions. You know what? Could you repeat that, Doc? You said that they, they sure. decided the state Supreme Court said you could they could mask your children. What was the rest of that? Down to what? From three years old through 12th grade. See, what this was specifically was a case, Bentonville, Arkansas, the home of Walmart. Their school district had enacted a mask mandate. Some parents had had sued them over it. The circuit court, the lower circuit court, gave the parents a temporary restraining order. The school district, you know, and this is temporary restraining order, and you know, while they could decide, you know, where they were going to come down on, on the whole issue. In the meantime, the school board uh, appealed it to the state supreme court, the temporary restraining order. And the state Supreme Court struck it down with only one dissent, struck down the temporary restraining order, and the one dissent was 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 beautiful. She said, look, you don't have the right to, to strike down a temporary restraining order unless there's some kind of procedural issue. And the majority's opinion keeps on saying, while well, not dealing with the underlying issue, but you are dealing with the underlying issue. You know, you are saying that the school board has the right, the school district, you know, has the right to do this. Even while saying you're not ruling on that, you're just ruling on a temporary restraining order. So it's like you're looking over the shoulder of the circuit court, which hasn't ruled on the issue yet, saying, well, you know where we stand on this, and you know what you'd better do. And again, this is two and a half weeks ago. I immediately condemned it. I immediately said, if you like me, Governor, my first day in office, I'll issue a restraining order myself, uh, you know, executive order, saying school districts can't force mask anybody. And I will sign legislation. Uh, as a matter of fact, the attorney for the plaintiffs, a guy named Greg Payne in northwest Arkansas, is running uh, for the state legislature and all, already has legislation ready to sign as soon as I uh, you know, get in office if, you know, by God's grace, I get the Republican nomination. Because whoever the Republican nominee is will be elected governor. Um, but it's outrageous. And again, Sarah's not going to speak out against it because... You don't want to go against Walmart, Tyson, or the Chamber of Commerce. There is a front-page uh, article in the Arkansas 
um, Democrat Gazette yesterday, the big newspaper here in Arkansas, where, you know, they put my views against her views. And I said, it's obvious the election of 2020 was stolen. There's no question about it. And when asked about it, she said, well, I guess we'll never know the depth of the fraud, but moving forward, we need to, uh, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, we uh, eliminate fraud in the electoral process. She can't say the election was stolen. Chip Saltzman, uh, her campaign chairman, said March of last year, he's a big political consultant out of Nashville, Tennessee, said March of last year, well, I hate to say it, but Donald Trump lost fair and square. I mean, if she believed the election was stolen, would she go to Indiana and fundraise with Mike Pence? I kind of doubt it. Well, of course, she's just uh, parroting the establishment Republican talking points because they that's what they say. You right. know that, the, the fundraisers and all of that. You know, right. I, just about Arkansas, Doc, help me to understand something. I know that you've had an influx, just like other states, uh, Florida's overrun by New Yorkers and Colorado was overrun by Californians and on and on we could go. Arkansas has had yeah. its share of retirees who have sort of changed how how much have has this influx of people retiring in the Ozarks affected the politics of your state? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think people retiring here tend to be conservative. I'm not so sure that has changed the politics of our state. Look, not too many years ago, we were overwhelmingly Democrat, and now we're overwhelmingly Republican. And I think some of the big reasons are uh, Barack Obama and issues like abortion and the sanctity of marriage, in which a lot of people looked up and said, well, gee, I think the Democrat Party has left us. We're going to be Republicans. But when it comes to fiscal issues, it seems like a lot of these people in the legislature didn't quite make um, the transition from the Democrat way of looking at government to the Republican way of looking at it. Our government, our state government, is so much bigger than the state government of other states in this country about the same size as ours we're one of the highest tax states in the country, definitely the highest tax state in the Mid-South. And I want to drastically cut the size and scope of our government to get them off people's backs. I want to get rid of the state income tax right away, which Sarah says, well, we got to do it gradually, 0.2% per year, which is outrageous. Again, just echoing the current governor. I want to get rid of this, the tax on small businesses and the tax on used goods. I mean, used car tax. I, I just bought a 2013 Honda Accord uh, with 85,000 miles on it for $15,000, and then find out when I go down to DMV, oh, well, you got to pay $1,038 on the on the sales tax. That really hits people. So, Doc, on, uh, Doc uh, yes, I'm ha- we're having a little bit of an audio problem this morning, so I missed a lot of what you just said, but I think our listeners heard it. So forgive me if I don't respond directly to what you just said. But let me just ask you uh, if um, in many states that I'm, you know, interviewing on, you know, people where I have connections and I'm really talking to them like Michigan and, and Wisconsin. There are some law, the grassroots is really organized and they are mad. Is that true in Arkansas? Do you have a mobilized grassroots force of people that want to take back the country and the state? Uh, Yes, ma'am, it is. And, and I apologize for the uh, technical difficulty. I just came off the, uh, just came off the speaker. Um, Yeah. As soon as I announced I was running for governor, a group called Reopen Arkansas, which was formed back in 2020 to push back against uh, the state lockdowns, um, asked me to fill out a questionnaire. I did. Next thing I know, this group that's mobilized all over the state endorsed me and has been helping to organize, uh, um, you know, campaign volunteers all over the state. 
Yeah, people are tired of rhinos in the state, Republicans' name only, uh, and they want real conservative principles in this government. And it would be a first. It would be a first, but I believe people are ready for it. Everywhere I go, where I speak, and of course, Sarah will not be at any uh, events in which she has to answer questions, but everywhere I go and I deliver my message, people come up to me afterwards, sometimes just looking shocked, saying things like, I never could have imagined anybody would be able to peel away my support for Sarah, but you just did. We're going to support you now. So if I get my message out to enough people, um, I'll be the next governor. No question about it. It's a huge tell that Sarah won't answer questions. Who is better equipped to answer questions than Sarah Huckabee Sanders? After all of that time is being the press secretary. And that that's very alarming because she should be transparent about her positions uh, I want to just repeat a couple of things you've said to us. Uh, you said that Jan Morgan is a real conservative, challenging Senator John Bozeman. You've said that um, Colonel Conrad Reynolds is a real conservative, challenging uh, French Hill, who is the sitting congressman. And those are two, uh, your race as governor and those two races are chances for people to make a difference in your state. Um, your primary is March 24th, is that right? May, May, May 24th. I mean, May, May. And Sorry. Early voting starts May 9th. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So May, May 9th is early voting, and then May 24th is the actual primary. Uh, do you have any? Right. I'm sh- look, I don't. How long have you been in the race? Since February 8th. That's when I announced the Saline County Republican Women's Club that it costs $15,000 to file as a Republican in the state. I didn't have the money. If the Lord provided money, I was going to file. And they started contributing that evening. Uh, and I filed on February 25th. <laughs> All right. All right. So if people would like to help you, Doc, how can they do that? Well, great question. I appreciate that. Just go to electdocwashburn.com. That's where you can make financial contributions, and it's also where people can, can volunteer to help us get the word out. Have you gotten any, does any, has anybody dared to endorse you who's in office in Arkansas? Um, endorsed by gun owners of Arkansas, endorsed by <laughs> Reopen Arkansas, but as far as people in elected office, uh, no one has. Um, but several of them have have privately thanked me for running, and some of the people in the legislature who are also running for office themselves, a different office outside the uh, the legislature, have expressed uh, support for me. Um, there's a gentleman named Brant Smith, B-R-A-N-D-T, uh, who's in the state legislature, and he is challenging uh, Rick Crawford, a U.S. congressman, Eastern Arkansas, for the Republican nomination, and he's a big supporter of mine. Yes, well, the the only you see, actually, I'm not surprised because it's all tied up, and that just shows you how deep the corruption is, and people are not thinking independently yeah. anymore. And they have to please the party because the party in D.C. is, oh, don't get me started, Doc. I bet you talk about that a lot yourself on your show and your yes, podcast. By the, way, by the way, it's DocWashburnShow.com if you'd like to listen to Doc every day. And I bet it's great, Doc. So I, I commend you for that. Hopefully we can talk again. But I thank you for joining me this morning. Again, the primary is May 24th, but early voting begins May 9th in Arkansas. And so now you know more about that race. So go and go and go forth and do the right thing. Doc, thanks for joining us. Sandy Rios in the morning. Women are different from men. 
This week on Truth For Life, we'll consider how God designed women for a unique role in life, in marriage, and in ministry. We'll also learn how older women can help train younger women to fulfill their role. That's our focus on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life, weekday mornings at 1130 Central on AFR and online at AFR.net. I just have a hard time believing that many Hispanics who are very family-oriented and oriented towards traditional values want men, young men, declaring themselves to be women, going into restrooms and locker rooms and changing areas with their daughters. I would dare say that they're more conservative on those issues than white people. Yes. In general. Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The American Enterprise Institute conducted an empirical study to understand the decline of religious faith in America. They concluded the data seemed to show the main driver of secularization in the United States is government spending on education and control over the curricular content taught in schools. Why? Because children learn more at school than reading, writing, and arithmetic. They imbibe a whole set of implied assumptions about what's important in life. Faith in God becomes a sort of optional, weekend hobby akin to playing tennis or video games. And our tax dollars pay for it. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Introducing AFA Streaming, a new online platform that hosts all AFA-produced video content, including documentaries, church curriculum, American Family Radio shows, and our Cultural Institute series. The Constitution only works in the atmosphere of Christianity. Critical race theory and intersectionality are new religious frameworks. The Christian must say, as Paul said to the Galatians, there is no new gospel. AFA Streaming is a vital step that we are taking to fulfill our vision to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. You'll find top-notch resources that address the issues of our day related to marriage, family, the sanctity of life, and many others. Start streaming today, streaming.afa.net. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi turned up Saturday in the capital of Ukraine, effusively declaring, quote, our commitment is to be there for you until the fight is done, unquote. Unfortunately, Speaker Pelosi has been far less forthcoming with respect to a matter closer to home. As Mark Levin pointed out during his Fox News program last night, she has not shared her insights into what actually happened on January 6, 2021. The select committee Ms. Pelosi created, ostensibly to establish what occurred, cannot possibly accurately do that unless it hears from the Speaker under oath about what she knew that day regarding the threat to the Capitol and when, and why she lowered, rather than heightened, security for the congressional complex. Nancy Pelosi's opposition to Vladimir Putin channeling Joseph Stalin would be more convincing if she'd ensure her inquiry is not just a show trial. This is Frank Gaffney. Thank you. 
Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. They now have an idea, and I honestly thought this was just a belated April Fool's joke, but they are actually going to create in the Department of Homeland Security a Bureau of Disinformation. It's basically a ministry of truth. And what they want to do is they want to be able to put out false narratives without people being able to speak out and fight back. They want to be able to say things like Russia collusion and and perpetuate hoaxes and then have people like us be silenced. They want to be able to advocate for COVID lockdowns. They want to be able to advocate for school closures, things that are not supported by the evidence, but then when you speak out, uh, they want to stifle dissent. And so we reject this bureau in the state of Florida. We believe it's essential that individual Floridians and Americans uh, are able to speak out against false narratives trying to be jammed down our throats uh, by this regime. Uh, We know they actually appointed somebody to lead it uh, who herself has been an advocate for COVID lockdowns, who herself has put out disinformation about the Hunter Biden tapes, who supported Russia collusion conspiracy theories. And so uh, this is not acceptable. And uh, in Florida, we're not going to have it. All right. So that you recognize that voice, don't you? It's uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, who just comes out swinging almost every day. He's not limited to one subject. Uh, He sees a problem and he thinks of a solution and a response. Uh, And that's exactly what we need. We don't need, you know, a committee to go and decide what sounds right. Uh, We need to do what's right, what's instinctively right. And that's what he's doing. And, of course, he's referring to the disinformation board established by the Department of Homeland Security, which will be, you know, headed up by TikTok star uh, who, uh, you know, lies uh, habitually on her Twitter feed. We know how she feels about disinformation. She wants to make sure that you knew that Hunter Laptop was part of Russian disinformation, that's a lie. And she wanted you to know that, uh, you know, you have to use the right pronouns. And if you don't, then and so forth and so on. But she's going to be head of the ministry of disinformation. It is really just stunning. All right, so disinformation would include things like what I'm going to tell you now. Because some of the things came out over the weekend. And I, you have to hear this. And you have to see this. <clears throat> this is an article published by the Epoch Times. I've told you this story, but I've never seen it so clearly illustrated in video. This is a new January 6th body cam videos show D.C. police officer assaulting unconscious protester. protester and that protester was Roseanne Boyle. And so I have seen video of this before, but I've never seen it done so artfully because instead they take a compilation, you know, different views of this. Uh, they're basically, Roseanne was, I think she's from Georgia. She um, just went, you know, she was just a Trump supporter with her little stickers on. She's certainly not an insurrectionist. She was just a, a Trump supporter who went there, a single gal. I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure she was with anyone. She was certainly never a danger to anyone. And there is a tunnel somewhere along in that huge, massive capital where they've taken several pictures. And what happened, as I understand it, as people came through that tunnel, uh, the police on the other star- side started pushing back, and it caused um, a human pileup. 
and several people were injured. Roseanne was not the only person that lost her life in that, but that's part of the disinformation. You can't know about the rest of them because January 6th must be, the story that must be told by the disinformation people is that um, people were fighting the police. Those Trump supporters went to the Capitol to cause an insurrection and to fight the police. That's basically what we're told. But what we actually know now after watching lots of video and hearing firsthand accounts is that the police, some of the police, behaved so badly. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've heard it described by people that I trust. They began to shoot firebombs into a peaceful crowd just standing there, singing, waving their flags. They were not in the Capitol. They were on the grounds, and the the police that were up high started shooting firebombs, which actually injured people, burned them, injured them. And that's when the anger started toward the police. But then that's not all the police did, and it's not all of them. That's why I think lots of a couple of them committed suicide, some resigned. I'm only speculating here. Uh, who are the people in this tunnel doing what we're going to tell you about? And who are the people shooting those firebombs and people of conscience who were part of the police operation then who were not down with this? Some of them, you know, actually let people in. They were, and they greeted people warmly, some of the police. So you can imagine the conflict. Uh, there were D.C. police. Uh, the mayor sent a lot of her people in to work with uh, uh, the the Capitol Police. Uh, and there was another, I don't know what the other category was, but there were others there that were policing. So here's in the, the tunnel. Uh, it shows, you can see that Roseanne is um, crushed in the midst of this. She's pushed backwards. She falls down. And the people start um, screaming. One guy you can hear in this camera, I, if we... I should have had Adam pull this so you could have heard, but it was the whole thing is long and it's a little hard to distinguish. But one guy, you can say, "There's people under there. There's people under there." It's Justin Winchell, and he was a Roseanne's friend who did accompany her to Washington. I didn't see that part. Okay, so he's shouting, "Get her up! Get her up! Get her up! Please save her life! Save her life! Please, please get her up! She's going to die!" And uh, then there's a the sound of a woman coughing and uh, people fighting, and then Winchell cries, my God, she's dead, she's dead, Rose, Roseanne, I need somebody, she's dead, I need somebody, I need medics. And so um, just shy of 4.28 p.m., protester Luke Coffey of Dallas stepped to the front of the police line, held up his hand and shouted, stop! He was squirted in the face with pepper spray, but maintained his position. A rioter threw a large wooden stick at Morris from out in the crowd. At the time, Morris was in the tunnel, crouching behind a protester, who had his arms covering his head. Morris picked up the wooden stick, raised it over her head, and struck Coffee on the right elbow. Body cam video show. She aimed a second strike at Coffee, but missed. We're talking about a police officer here. The wooden stick flew from Morris' hand, left hand as she wound up for another strike on Boyland. Morris whiffed in her final attempted hit. The, strict ricocheted, the stick ricocheted off the tunnel arch and flew over Morris's head. Coffee reached down and picked up an aluminum crutch that had been thrown at police several times during the afternoon. He held the crutch over his head for several seconds, then used it like a plow to push the police line back into the tunnel several feet. As Coffee pushed the police line back, bystanders dragged Boylan down several steps and began CPR. What we didn't, what I didn't explain to you because I skipped that part, it's too long to read, is that this police officer beat Roseanne Boylan. She hit her twice in the head and twice on the body. Uh, and so, uh, and you can see it very clearly. It's not speculation. You can see it. If you want to see it, go to this article, new January 6th body cam video show 
D.C. police officer assaulting unconscious protester. And another thing that they say is that she ended up, Roseanne's pants were down. She was just completely naked. They pulled her body out, not completely naked. She was slightly covered. But basically her outer clothing was gone. Uh, it was just it was just a shameful way that she was treated. They gave her CPR, and that was it. She lost her life. And again, she's not the only person. You know, um, we have a, oh, I'm just blanking out the girl that was shot in the tunnel. But we have two other people that were uh, were also that died in that crowd. And remember, they told us that they had a heart attack. Uh, they were, you know, whatever reasons they gave. Uh, and uh, so this is the kind of stuff that they don't want you to know. Of course they don't. This is what Barack Obama is concerned about, you hearing this kind of disinformation. This is why this uh, dif- disinformation board by the DHS is going to be all over us that are speaking the truth, because you can't know that there was any kind of election fraud or stealing of the 2020 election. You cannot know that January 6th is not quite the little story that they've told us repeatedly on the news and that congressmen are willing to embrace and then therefore willing, not willing to do anything to help those that have been incarcerated uh, for nearly two years now. It's, um, it is, um, it's uh, shameful. Uh, but we are pledged to truth. We're pledged to keep speaking, and it's amazing how truth gets out in spite of that. So as much time as it takes, I listen, go to that Epoch Times article. We'll put that on our Getter page, but it's new January 6th body cam videos show D.C. police officer assaulting unconscious protester. Uh, you know, I could hardly watch it. I just cried. I couldn't stand it. But uh, I think you should see it and pass it on because this is truth, and we need to pass it on while we still can. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.